Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 24th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Alan. Hey, that's me, man of few words. (laughs) And then I also have Sean with me today. I, less words. All right, solid. I'm always, (laughs) you guys always have the opportunity to mix it up, and you never disappoint. (laughs) So this is a board gaming, tabletop, role-playing, any card games dice games games to play podcast that's what we're called now the games to play podcast and we're gonna mix it up this episode a bit what but before yeah no but before we before we do that i'm looking at the intro here and you have new hires at tuesday night games oh don't give away yeah so uh Uh, Yeah, so at Tuesday Night Games, we've been talking about how we're trying to expand, even though we have one damn game out right now, and uh, some exciting stuff, like we recently hired a new web guy. Uh, He's supposedly working tirelessly at updating our new website, so that's really impressive. Uh, impressive. Who's the new hire, Sean, Um, for the website? uh, Reed? No. All right. It's SBJ. So that's the joke. It's SBJ. But also, I I know that we talked about... That is the joke. That is the joke. It's not a good one. But uh, here is something that's legit. So no joke here. I know we always talked about, like, cleaning up the podcast and keeping it tight. So we hired a new person to help us keep the podcast tight. And I know you hate having a fourth person on the podcast, but here he is, our newest hire, Captain Chestbeard. Yar! I be Captain Chestbeard, and I be keeping a tight ship, and it be my job to keep this crew in line. If you be going overboard, I mean, going over time, you'll be hearing from me, Captain Chestbeard. Yar! Yeah, so that's, <laughs> he's not going to talk too much. He's just going to chime in if we, like, go over time. So. I, uh, you ever? I know you love it. You're welcome. I do. Guys. I, I do. I love it a lot. So clearly. I feel like you are like the lost member of the Board with Life crew. I will take time. that as the best compliment ever because I'm their number one fan. I know you are. Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody else on the show is their number one fan. I want to say it's... It's not Captain Chestbeard. Maybe it's SBJ. It's not SBJ. It's not you. So do you, do you there's only talk... the four of us here. Do you, you want to say anything about their second episode? I haven't seen it yet, actually. What? There you go. Number one fan right here. <laughs> I pulled uh, it up to watch during lunch at work, and they were like, don't watch this during lunch. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It was a much more sexual, and anyone who knows me knows I like the sexual humor. So it was great. So I'm, I'm still waiting for this amazing Dead of Winter episode, which I believe is, by the time this Next. podcast is up, that, that, that episode will be up. And yeah. I'm, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to sound harsh because I like the people at Board With Life, but I did not enjoy the second episode. Not because it wasn't well produced or the jokes weren't clever or the storyline didn't make sense. Like everything there was more impressive than I could ever do. Just didn't like the jokes. That's all I got. So I I am excited to see the, the Dead of Winter one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it may not be your thing. It may not float your boat. But I loved it. I liked episode one. I liked episode two more. And I've already seen episode three. So if it just keeps ramping up, oh, man, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. All right. We're going to talk about the elevator pitch real quick because that is something we've 
been known for and we've we've perf- we've perfected in some ways and then failed at <laughs> in some ways. I guess we've done it well enough that Shut Up and Sit Down used it in one of their episodes. So yeah, we're doing something right. Something right. But I feel like that the elevator pitch has gotten a little out of control and we're missing the point of why we started the elevator pitch. Yeah. Hit me. And mm-hmm. Sean was very vocal at the start of how when we started recording of like, I don't want to sit there and explain a board game because even if you do know board games, obviously the people listening to this know board games. This is a board gaming podcast. It's still hard to follow rules audio wise. I feel like our elevator pitches have come into like how fast we can explain the rules in a minute when it should be, is the game worth the time for the experience you get out of it? Right. And so hopefully we can adjust to that a bit and make make them more enjoyable I, we didn't get any complaints that they weren't enjoyable but w- when i've we're gone spending back, a lot of time on it i'm totally with you because we're losing the point we spent so much time kind of explaining it especially like last episode we're like i think i get what you're saying and i think i understand but it doesn't matter because the point is are we having fun it's like a sell sheet if you're a game designer and you go to a convention and you pitch a game you give possible publishers a sell sheet and the sell sheet doesn't teach the game it's not a rule book it just has bulleted highlighted points has what kind of genre of game it is the player stats that kind of thing but then it just gives like these great one-liner sales lines and i think that's what we're trying to do in that minute elevator pitch is just like here's why you should be interested in the game without exactly teaching you how to play it yeah <laughs> yeah and i, th- I think you're I, totally right. i think the the best example was like last week when i explained the Pokemon TCG, and obviously I like it, and I felt like I had to over-explain it just so anyone could follow along, and when I was like explaining it, I was like, I either keep going down this rabbit hole, otherwise I've wasted five minutes, but it's going to take me another five minutes to recoup that five minutes, or, and I don't feel like that worked and wasted a lot of time, and maybe somebody got something out of it, and that's awesome, but then I remember when I like sp- explained diplomacy, and it wasn't me explaining really the rules it was me explaining the experience still one of my favorite episodes yeah and that's what i've been that's what i've been thinking about and that's what i wanted to bring up in our intro nice yeah when i um th- i love dnd and there's a ton of diy dnd products out there and i'm always crawling through the blogs trying to find out like what's new and what's awesome but 99 percent of the time it just has to do with the person recommending it if they just say oh you need to check out x or y then I just do it and I Google it myself and I look it up on my own time. And occasionally there's a thing that says, oh, you know, you could fix hex crawling with X product, you know. And I feel like that's where we could really shine in elevator pitches is more about defining the kind of person who would like this or the things they would like about it. Because at the end of the day, it's all mechanics, right? Like they all games yeah. have some amount of mechanics. Yeah. Anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah, Captain Chessbeard's getting pissed over here. He's shaking his fist (laughs) at me. But I did want to say, you just remind me, Sean, I did make a mistake last week. You said Carcosa. And for some reason, like, oh, yeah, like the famous pirate town. And that's why I thought pirates. That's Tartuga. And this is why I'm an idiot. Because I'm like, oh, Tartuga. Pirates like the city of pirates? No. Carcosa is the city from the King in Yellow. It's like in the H.P. Lovecraft genre, whatever. So I was an idiot there. It it has nothing to do with pirates. You are Sorry, forgiven guys. from you guys. I learned something new because I, I yeah, Heracost is a Pokemon, and I was happy enough that that was cl- close enough. For <laughs> <reference>. <laughs> Pokemon pirates, it's all the same. Yeah, 
Yeah. Instead of doing what we normally do intro and then we do table talk where we talk about what we play and then we do our topic, but table talk has run long because our elevator pitches have gotten out of control. So what we're doing now is we're moving topic of the episode up for this episode right here. We're going to see how it flows. Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? Uh, yeah. It's topic time. And this week's topic is if and how to monetize a two rooms and a boom app. Flash, have a free app, not have a free app, do this, do that. I'll throw the ball to Alan here and just kind of explain what's going on with the app itself before we talk about possible avenues to go down. Yeah, so our fan, now programmer, uh, Nathan, has been working on this thing, and it's still free to try out. It's a web-based app. We talked about it now three episodes ago, and it's uh, two rooms app dot com and you try it out you just anyone has a smartphone you put it in and our question is we're you know play testing it i know some people have already contacted me and they like it and some people have questions i know you got an email sean about it uh so the question is where are we going in the future and should we monetize it because if we monetize it obviously that means by definition we're charging for it but why would we ever want to charge money for it And, and i think it's that's a really good question we should tackle first is because it, we may need money, first of all, for app maintenance and to you know pay Nathan for his time. Because if there's issues or more expansions and it needs to be updated, then this will help us give something to Nathan. And to be honest, I, I don't think of Sean and myself as greedy individuals, but also kind of rewarding us for all the time and effort we put in. Because let's imagine a scenario where everybody loves the app and they don't buy the boxed game now i don't think that's what would happen i think the opposite happens uh sean you have some great like buzzword phrases for this like something something begets something the more people play the app the more people buy the game more people buy the game more people check out the app but yeah and i think also if we have it for free and we do have these uh issues that come up it prevents us i mean we'll have to get money some way to run the servers and compensate nathan i'm captain chestbeard is that how that works sure yeah (laughs) i mean he's he's given a nod of approval he thinks he sounds like you but yeah i was waiting for you to chime in no no i think you're making good points i didn't mean to cut you off at all i just wanted to i mean you did a good job at matching alan's voice alan's voice i mean neckbeard's voice (laughs) <laughs> neckbeard it's chest beard man. oh okay my mistake <laughs> we We're didn't go to the- we didn't go to the same uh new hire uh meeting gotcha <laughs> i mean you did just meet him man i screwed up your game the first your game your name the first couple episodes too so i called him no super blow jay for a while but oh, <laughs> yeah dark times dark times it's in the past though where's where yeah. your heart at alan where do you what do you think we should do well, Well, I mean, this is, again, one of those dilemmas that we have as a company where I wish I knew what the right answer was. I have no dilemma at all. I know exactly where I stand in this issue. So I'm just then let's hear it, man. Help guide us through this tumultuous pass full of hairy obstacles and dangerous galore. But hardline for me is absolutely it has to be paid. Now, what the right price is, I'm not entirely sure, but I think a couple things. One. I don't think you should have to defend why you charge for a product ever. Um, I think you might have to defend how much you charge for it. 
But, you know, this is a game that people can play online, provides a service. It's presumably going to be good at that service. We should charge money and be compensated for that service. That seems really simple to me. And I think there are interesting ways of splitting up that monetization. For instance, having um, now this is a game app. This is an app where you could go and play it online like Jackbox TV, which is also a paid app. But I think there's some interesting things we could be doing where you could get the helper app for free and unlock the game as an in-app purchase inside it. That kind of stuff, because I do believe in being a gift to your customers and giving them services that they need to run the game efficiently and at a high quality at sort of the drop of a hat in hosting party situations to make it easier for people to say yes to our game over some other game. I definitely believe in that for sure. But, you know, I feel like sometimes we got in this trap with Kickstarter backers and rightfully so about like what we were doing with our time and what we're doing with our money and all that sort of stuff. And at the end of the day, I think in the board game community, we've become very mm, demanding of the creators that they explain sort of what the finances are. And I know there's people that think that Kickstarter is sort of a um, a program by which they become shareholders or stockholders in the company, <laughs> which is absolutely not true at all. But um, I understand the sentiment for sure. But when it comes to, you know, like creating a product and making sure that product's good, um, and high quality, I think absolutely we should charge for it. Yeah, so I think, sure, we'll charge for it. The question is how then and what are the options? I really like the one you just mentioned because there's actually two sides to the app. There's the host helper and there's the cardless app. The host helper is just for someone who already owns the card game and it helps you choose what characters are going to be there. There will be recommended play sets and you choose and that gives you script prompts at the end of the game, which can be the more bookkeeping aspect of the game. For instance, you have to remember if the wife and the mistress, if the butler and maid, if those characters are in there, or if the sniper, you have to remember to pause the game before everyone reveals their card so the sniper can choose someone to snipe. So it reminds you of that, and then you would choose what room each person's in, and it would just list off who the winners are. And I know from hosting the game so many years, at Gen Con and Origins and other game conventions that inevitably I'll always screw up at some point. I'm a big screw up anyways. So it's inevitable that I'll say, all right, where's the president? And the gambler will say, whoa, whoa, wait, you didn't call me out. I didn't get to choose who I think wins. You forgot me. So that prevents that from happening and keeps track of time and how many hostages and makes it visual. But then there's a cardless app, which is where anyone who has a smartphone can go ahead and log in and they use their phone as the card. Therefore, no card game necessary. It's all on the phone. So what you recommended right there was host helper, free, but cardless, pay something. So that's one option. Absolutely, yeah. I made a rough list of other options and this is spitballing. <laughs> you want to hear them, SBJ? I, are they the ones in the Slack here? They are, they are, yeah. Or not the Slack, yeah, they though. Are. Google Doc, Google, yeah. Google Drive or whatever. So one idea is you have it for free, but you only have the most basic. And then you just charge for card booster packs. So let's suppose you wanted more gray cards. You would pay for a booster pack that would have some of these cards and some of those cards. Like you can get the drunk leprechaun pack or, you know, the butler made the lover pack with Aries and Cupid, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, one idea was running a Patreon, which is where people, it's for free, but we'd have milestones, almost like stretch goals. That I don't like get that. enough. You like that or you hate it? What was I hate that? that one. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> the reason the other ideas. 
The Go reason I I don't like that one is because it's hard to keep momentum with it. Mm. And what I mean by that I, is like Patreon, you get not this is not always like the the Patreon way of doing things, but Patreon is something you build over time and you're not going to see a lot of stuff on the front end of like, oh, we're going to get like 200 backers our first month. You're going to get like, I'm just saying numbers, like 10 the first month, then 10 the second month, then 15 the third month. And then all of a sudden, yeah, now you have a good amount, but what have you been doing to reward those early people that have signed on? Nothing really. They're, they've right. just been there for a longer ride. Right. That's a really good point. And you use Patreon, yeah, for Pokemon Cast? I do. Yeah, yeah. And it it Which makes has... sense because your content's coming out regularly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the the I the like the most recommended reward is the four dollar tier. So four dollars a month, that breaks it down into one dollar an episode. But you don't have to do that. You could do one dollar, you can do ten, or I just added one for a twenty, but what's the biggest reward then? The twenty dollar reward? The biggest reward is thirty five dollars, and if you do it Three times in a row, you can actually schedule to be on the on an episode. Um, Whoa! Has anyone taken you up on that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, well, it used to be a when I did the Kickstarter, it was a Kickstarter reward, and it was limited to five, and that sold out within the first day. It was a hundred, and then I opened up a second one, and that one sold out, and so then I opened up a third. So we've had sixteen or so Kickstarter people that have paid to be on. I'd right. love to eventually take our podcast on a Patreon for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 cool. Like you 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 definitely have like super fans that you know they'll give you a couple bucks, and then you'll have other super fans that don't. But like they consume content and they'll retweet. They just don't have a dollar to give you every month. And that's fine. But as like All for right. an app, that's not like it's not getting monthly. It it might get monthly changes, but it might not get like weekly or. It might yeah. be three months before a change happens or something. It just, to me, that doesn't seem Got the it. right Granted. venue. That's cool. This is like a business meeting. We're making progress. So let's take that off the board right there. Uh, here's one idea that I'm going to take off the board, so I shouldn't even waste time mentioning mentioning it, is having it free with advertisements. I hate adverts, so mm. forget that. I mean, mm-hmm. that sucks. I mean, right? I would pay to remove ads. I mean, that would be the idea. Yeah. You'd have a oh, light yeah. version and then like, hey, you can pay for the full version. Maybe you'll get more cards and you'll remove the ads. Here's uh, one thing that I hate. Like, I mean, everybody hates ads. I wouldn't hate ads so much if there was more control. But I think the primary way of doing them is like Google AdWords and banners and stuff like that. And it's just so random, particularly in like video games on my phone. It's like this is a video with an X in the upper left-hand corner, and this is an image with an X in the lower right-hand corner, and it's all so random. But if it was more like, you know, Hulu or something like that, where I was pretty reasonably assured as to what the concept would be like, how often it would come up, I wouldn't care as much, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I'm alone in that thought. No, it it would be cool if we had more control over it, uh, for sure. Last one that I came up with, and this one would require a lot of work. I think Nathan would hate it. But it's compelling to me, and I'm not exactly sure how it would work, but use a microtransaction type of model, kind of like Heroes of the Storm does, those MOBAs, where you earn currency by playing. I don't know how that would work, and you can buy currency, but they have cards of the week or maybe cards of the month or something. So it releases new cards, but turns off other cards every week. 
And if you want, then you can purchase the card so you can try out. And that would kind of motivate people to try it almost every week. Like, oh, this week the changers are available and the Tour and Prude are available. And then next week's like, oh, damn, they're not available anymore. But maybe you earn some currency to unlock some by, you know, coming in and having people log in and play. And then you can pool your currency together to unlock them. Or if you get impatient, you can just spend the money to unlock those cards. Uh, so it's like impatience leads to spending more money and helping us out. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare in the back end, though. Like, I don't know how to run that because we don't have the budget or the programming that Blizzard does for Heroes of the Storm. But that's another idea. And something like that I love and hate about this idea, you know, Blizzard not only has the back end tied up, but there's a very specific economy going on when you have like fake coins and real coins and what the exchange rate is between them and how many coins should things be priced at to where they're just a little bit more in fake money than they would be in real money. Like those are deep, complex metrics and equations that we have no resources or knowledge of in terms of like the reason that works is because they have so much data behind what incentivizes players at what tier, you know, how much time is it? Because there are games that I've played that were a lot like Hearthstone, like maybe Here's a Might and Magic, the card game, which I remember, Alan, you were playing with me for a little bit too, to where it was just taking way too long to earn gold. And at that point, I now know it's very clear to me, oh, they want me to pay money. This gold is just to pretend like they're giving me something real. On the other end, if you give them too much gold, then they never are incentivized to spend money. And it's just a super thin line there between what works and what doesn't work. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I actually Absolutely. like the MOBA thing a lot. Like, oh, this week uh, we can, it's St. Patrick's week. And so the drunk is like the free card to th- throw into the. And the leprechaun. And Speaking the leprechaun. Of which, is this our St. Patrick's episode? Uh, I just thought of that. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. When is St. Patrick's Day? I'll pull it up. It's in March. It's soon. I think it might be, Alan. I'm Happy St. Right Patrick's now. week, everybody. <laughs> so this week, if you have the app. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. And yeah, I, I actually, going back to your first point of like the helper's free, the app is, you know, X amount of dollars. And if you want like Cupid and what's the other one? Aries. Aries, you pay like 99 cents for those two cards or that's just number. I have no clue how much those are worth in the grand scheme. I mean, you get 108 cards for $25. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day will be when we're recording next. So uh, yes, this will be St. Patrick's sort of. Got it. I do like that. I I have to agree that a MOBA style, how it works in the back end would be extremely intensive on the programmer, unless the well, programmer we you guys have is it. amazing. Just get rid of the internal currency where you earn it, and then we just have free trial runs. So every week there would be free ones, but if you miss having the leprechaun and you know whatever you can just go ahead and pay the leprechaun and the drunk that's a good pack thanks sbj for but you could just say like oh they let us try it for free this week and that incentivizes people to play almost every week i think the tricky thing is if if the leprechaun and the drunk are free this week and they're now in your deck and you didn't pay for them and next week they're gone how do you remove them from the deck and how do you that's totally up up to nathan how do you set up the next free one so like people just every week aren't just Oh, like I'm just adding to my deck every week and this is the loophole for not paying. Yeah. And then the other big question left to tackle is do we have it continue to be a web app or a phone app? And right away, I think 
it my answer is phone app because sometimes you don't have internet connection and i know that requires that we have to give apple and google a slice of the pie when people download the app what is it 30 percent. 30 on apple yeah is that of every purchase or just initially Mm -hmm. every purchase so yeah if they're spending 99 cents for two cards you're you're only getting 70 cents 69 yeah uh but yeah the point being is that way it's convenient on your phone you don't have to go on the internet and i think that smells of quality a bit more for instance jackbox tv is still web-based but the host has to own the game so if anything maybe just the host has to have the app which is another option i talked to nathan about so only one person has to own the app and everyone Mm -hmm. else can just log on but you could also do it if you own the app as well yeah that makes sense yeah yeah thoughts there yeah definitely oh you mean as native versus web whatever man just go with (laughs) it i just love the sound of your voice well hey thank you very much alan uh I love native apps for sure. There'd be a lot more overhead in terms of making sure everything went according to the way Apple wants you to do stuff, um, as well as the fact that, like, SPJ, you might be able to back me up on this, but we'd have a lot more upkeep with the app as iPhones change on a yearly basis and OSs change in a you know, six-month cycle or however long it takes for them to update. Um, so that introduces a lot more maintenance to the mm-hmm. app itself. Yeah. Um, and you, and if you start throwing microtransactions sizes. in there, oh yeah, screen sizes. If you start throwing microtransactions in there, we start losing more m- money to Apple, um, as well as I think maybe even a security issue to where like, you know, if you have to pay somebody ten dollars once, you know, the security is just for that one transaction. Theoretically, you don't store their credit card information, anything. It's over. But if you start having multiple transactions over a longer period of time, the window that your app can be insecure is way, way, way longer. I think I'm not sure, but that's something that just popped into my head is like security might be an issue for expecting people to be buying things on a monthly or semi-regular basis. I don't, I, I like the only other thought I had in this conversation is going a little long is like you do a, you do a Kickstarter for the app and it's those like, um, like little board games where it's like the recommended pledge is $5, but pay what you want. And then the people, the more we, Oh yeah. the more we talk this out, another option. It, it just doesn't seem, and and this goes back to the original conversation of Kickstarter backers have no expectation or reality of how one Kickstarter works and two how like making something works. Sure. Well, we're gonna have to think about it. But I thought this was a pretty productive talk. Yeah. 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 I think so too. So mm-hmm. probably a topic that we'll come back to and we'll keep talking about. But uh, what's the website for the app again, Alan? tworoomsapp.com nothing in front of it so it's http you know that whole slash slash thing but t-w-o-r-o-o-m-s-a-p-p.com okay cool check it out well we got about 10 more minutes so let's move into table talk it's time for the table talk alan you got a couple things i have a couple things what get out of town i played some games this weekend oh my john what about you i played DD and Plato 3000 oh wow all right well uh we should keep it tight so you want to lead us off sbj uh sure yeah i played chi mages and i played pirates den uh chi mages you i so i only had two let me tell you three people it's kind of hard to pick games for 
Absolutely. Quick recommendation, Chimera from Z-Man Games. It's a three-player yeah. only game, and it is teach you, but three-player. Love it. Or uh, Dragon's Head. Yes, Dragon's Head is also a very good game <laughs> that we'll eventually get on our website. Am I right, SBJ? Am I right? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I played Chi Mages, and I played Pirate's Den. Pirate's Den was a Kickstarter that I waited almost two years for, and it's it's okay. It's fine. Uh, Chi Mages is a game I really like. Let's try out our new elevator pitch rules on cheating mages. All right. Uh, what do you want them to be, Sean? I want you to be a big old bear. Unlike <laughs> that can go in a lot of different directions. Unlike you and Alan, I I do not excel at voices or acting no, or. That's why it's so good. And don't forget, <laughs> mm-hmm. you have to say the catchphrase. Ding me, SBJ, when you're about to start. That's one Otherwise, of people won't know what's going on. They have, you, they're confused. They're lost in the woods alone at night and can be picked off by whatever by are out there. Yeah, by a bear. Elevator, elevators are extremely difficult to navigate. Oh, yeah. So I I am a bear? Or I'm, I'm, I'm a, you bear are a bear selling... You are a bear, SBJ. Don't other, ask us. To other bears? Sell us on Cheaty Mages, you big old bear. All right. Uh, ding me myself. Uh, Cheaty Mages is by uh, AEG. It is a smaller box game that you can probably pick up for like 15 bucks at a. Oh, yeah, I'm a bear. Give us a roar. Uh, roar at a local roar go. game shop. It plays three <laughs> to six bears. And uh, it takes 30 minutes of bear time to play. Uh huh. Translates into 30 minutes of human time, too, just coincidentally. The gist of the game is everyone is wizards, and they are bidding on... They are they are betting on an arena of monsters, which one they think is going to win. But they, the mages like to cheat. You use your hand of cards to uh, play spells that either affect uh, positively or negatively on the monsters that you are betting on and at the end of the round all the cards are some some cards are face up some are face down you reveal and then you see the winner and then you take in your bets if you win and that's pretty much the gist it's it's just picking which monster you think is awesome and then hoping that monster wins and and uh it's a little bit of gambling it's a a little bit of betting and uh bears love it Nine out of ten bears would recommend that you get cheating matches. Uh-huh. I'm holding back Captain Chestbeard. He really wants to jump in there. Yeah. Good. Hey, that was good. I played cheating mages recently. I freaking love it. It's so light. It's harmless. And there's a lot of depth to it. Senjai Kanai game. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a little... I would say it's a, I, I recommend it to everyone, actually. I think it's a game that belongs in, in a lot of collections. And it's, it's easy to recommend a game that you play once or twice, and then like six months later, you come back to and play. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because yeah, any game can survive the like, first two games. Like The shittiest games ever will get at least a playthrough. <laughs> but any game that you pick up like a year later, like, oh, we should play this again, like, definitely is worth a recommend to me. Yeah. I always feel like I'm playing it wrong, though, and then maybe that's my only complaint, is sometimes the rule book, well, most rule books are trash. So sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm playing it wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've, I've, definitely the first time I played it wrong, but I feel like the last time 
I we played it right and it was a lot of fun and it actually ended in a tie, but who cares who wins? It's it's really good. You probably played it wrong. Alan, what'd you play this week? <laughs> so here's the cheat in the system. Speaking of cheaty mages, this past week I played Off Your Rocker. Yeah, so now I only have one choice for a damn elevator pitch. <laughs> that's the that's that's the loophole in the system we've created, Is guys. Is that made by Stratocast Games? Stratus Games. Stratus Games. you not to do an elevator pitch. You could just dick me over and say, yeah, don't do an elevator pitch. But yeah. you want to so bad. Nah, I, I can I can pass it. I mean, you're the elevator pitch king. Let's be, let's all just call a spade a spade. And I like and, it the least. <laughs> and you like it the least. And you're the best at it by far. No, no, no. Although SBJ is very compelling in his, his own immersion way. of character is amazing. <laughs> the fact that he has to rely on puns and just. It was like Daniel Day-Lewis and Gary Oldman had a baby. <laughs> It was amazing. I, I Alan, didn't even know I was in my room anymore. Elevator pitch it to us like an old grandma. That's that's it? Old grandma? Okay. Old I grandma. Old grandma. Yeah. I thought okay. you were going to say Can an you old really grandma. Can you the skin of a matriarch wise through her years of hardship and suffering? That's easy for you to do? I think so. I think cool. I can do All right. This. Bring it on. Ding me, SBJ. Oh, welcome to the elevator. Could you hit the button for me? It is, isn't just an elevator, you see, but it's an office of a psychologist, because we're going to play off your rocker in this game. You're going to leave, and the rest of us in this elevator are going to get a task that we have to do. It's a malady, you see. And when you come back, we're all gonna act out a malady. Y you get to ask. Oh God! <laughs> you get to ask us questions <laughs> and figure out what a malady is. <laughs> and once you've asked, <clears throat> once you've asked us all a question, the timer starts, and y you have to figure it out. In time, for instance, we could all be members of the Mafia. Uh, or, or, in one game, we were... I don't remember. I don't remember what we were. But it's good. And I miss you. You're my grandson and I miss you. Why don't you visit me more? Let's play off your rocker more often. I highly recommend it. Improvisation. Oh, dear. <laughs> it was a long stretch where you sounded like somebody gave him Gollum a blowjob. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we played Off Your Rocker before SBJ. A ton of times. SBJ, I meant Sean. Whatever, I don't know the difference oh, yeah. you guys anymore. Yeah, we're, we're ultimately the same person. Interchangeable. Here's the weird thing that no one really knows. This is all me just doing different voices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. It's pretty amazing that some of the voices he does are worse at voices than the other ones. That's real dedication to the craft. Right. Like your SBJ voice, choosing to make him not very good at voices, I thought was brilliant. <laughs> yes. It's good. It was good. So I yep. I've I saw Off Your Rocker on a website and I liked mm. some of the other games said uh company makes. But this Stratus, game did yeah. not not seem appealing to me. It's all well, about the group. 
It is. You it's an improv game. So if you're not comfortable doing improv, and we all know you are SBJ, you've just proven oh, yeah. that today and last episode. You're the king of improv. So if you can do improv, it's amazing. Because all you have to do is improv that you're a character in a psychologist's office, and you have to get the psychologist to figure out what your malady is as a group. Hilarious. You might you might be pretty good at it too, because I found when we've played that there are a couple people like me or Alan, or particularly the younger kids we played with, like Jackson and Mike, who are big personalities, and so they're always doing it up huge. But what's cool about it being a group is that more introverted players can just sit back, and they don't have to totally engage, but they can kind of snipe their jokes. They can kind of, like, wait, and then when it's their moment, they could say one thing that they've thought of. It doesn't put everybody on the spot like yeah, some party games do. You could sort of, um, you know, ramp up your participation as you become more comfortable or familiar with the different, you know, characters you're playing. Would you say that's fair, Alan? Yeah, the points don't matter in the game, but what happens is after the end of the round, everyone closes their eyes and points their fingers in the air, and then they point to the person they think gave the best answers to the psychologist's questions, and then they open their eyes, and if you're pointed at, you get a point. It doesn't matter if five people are pointing you or just one, you just get one point. And a lot of times, if everyone's saturated with their humor, it's the person who gave the most clever, dry uh, answer will a lot of times get a vote because it was very cool. So, yeah, like Sean said, you can just snipe your answer. I will say they thought of uh, the mafia one because that's that's definitely my favorite and most memorable one so far to me, too. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. My wife came in as a psychologist and she said, are you guys in the mafia? And Sean and I at the same time, like, oh, whoa, hey, 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 yo, whoa, hey. (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous yeah it was great i recommend it i think every home should have it because i would say it is one of the most most played games not as much as monikers but i've had it years longer than monikers we keep coming back to it if you like party games for sure it's an easy thing to break out at any point in time sean we're, we're over time let's do it it's fine. I played D&D this week, a little slower this week. They did some dungeon crawling, and I have a player who keeps dying, and they're very, very new to role-playing games, and um, I don't want to fudge anything. I just kind of carefully want to remind them, like, hey, you can die really easily in this game. You need to think about what you're doing before you do it. Um, <laughs> and that's taking a while to get across. Uh, we also played, me and my girlfriend played Plato 3000, which she calls Plato 2000, or Plato 400, or Plato 65. And we just have a running tally of the games we've won and lost over the past six months. It has become her favorite game um, that we play by far. Well, we should wrap up, but I do want to give a shout out to Sean because I've been playing D&D now. It'll be by the time this is up, I'll have my third session under my belt. And something that Sean said that stood out to me is why why do you have to ask to do something in D&D? Just say you want to do it. So I've been trying really hard not to say like, hey, can I do this? Because if the DM or GM is good, they'll let me do anything. It's just there's consequences or there's something I have to do to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're having fun. Yeah, so... You're growing up. <laughs> oh, it's so touching. Yeah, like, like uh, just a quick situation before we wrap up. There was, like, somebody pulled a spear out of a goblin that was uh, impaled into a wall, and instead of saying, like, hey, can I, like, look at that spear or compare it? I, was, I just told my GM, I was like, I took the spear and I want to compare it. What do I roll? And they're just, they just 
laid the scenario out for me. That's awesome. That's where I think you start getting into really interesting D&D stuff. You know, because any, you know, my players asked me this week, they said, hey, we want to design our castle, but my intelligence score is only such and such. Would I be able to design it? And I said, why don't you design it the way you want? And when you show it to me, I'll tell you if you need to hire somebody that's good enough to come up with this. Like, maybe you need to come up with an engineer, but that shouldn't limit you, the player, and what you want to sort of do. You just outline what you want to have happen, and I'll tell you what needs to happen to make that happen. Hopefully, that's good for the the DM that we're playing with and the other people I'm playing with. I'm trying not to like step on anyone's toes while still trying to like be my character. Settle oh, down. Shit. Settle down. It's Captain Beardface. We gotta get going. I'll wrap it up when I want to. Alan, <laughs> where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook. My name's Alan Gerding. A-L-A-N-G-E-R Ding! D-I-N-G. I'm also on the tweets at <laughs> Alan Gerding. And Sean? At Sean McCoy, S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. Awesome. You can follow me at Dragging a Lake on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast or just Tuesday Night Games in general on Twitter. It is at PlayTKG. And if you have any emails to send to us, if you have any concerns about the show, if you like the show, if you don't, if you do, if you, you think we're don't, abrasive or, you know, whatever. <laughs> you can do so by sending us an email at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. So there you go. With a K. <laughs> this <laughs> I guess that this episode is You're finished. I don't remember where I am. <laughs> <laughs>